Telling on ourselves is not affiliated with Alcoholics Anonymous, nor do we speak for AA. We are simply sharing our experience, strength, and hope. My name is Vicki. I'm Bree. And I'm Lynn. And we, and we are Telling on Ourselves. Telling, telling, telling on ourselves. Telling, telling, telling on ourselves. Telling on ourselves. Yeah. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for uh, tuning in, downloading, whatever it is that you do to get get um, access to our voices. We certainly appreciate it. You know, we've still got that ball rolling with downloads. We were just looking at our um, specs and demographics, whatever it's called, and we have somebody in Spain, and we have people in Canada. Because, you know, Canadians are the nicest people on the planet. What? Yes. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Canada. That's right. And in England, Great Britain. So it's exciting, you know, to, to think that we might be making our trip around the world in 180 days. Across the pond. <laughs> <laughs> right. How many days has it been? We started beginning of June, right? Yeah, it was the beginning of June. Okay. Yeah, so it's very exciting. Um, today's topic is going to be about being teachable, which Ooh. is a big old meaty topic. I'm very excited to kind of delve into it. But if, before we do that, of course, we're well, going to start. Well, before we do that, I would really like to um, give everybody some feedback from our last oh, episode. Yeah, Sorry. And I'm trying to find the message. So um, one of the things... It's about the song, and I don't know if anyone saw on our Instagram post, but um, the discovery that Brie made um, during that song was priceless and beautiful, and um, can't even say enough how great it was. So, Yeah, so last week, essentially what happened was we um, our topic was surrender, and I said at the beginning of the show, I've had, since we decided on this topic, I've had the Elvis song, Return to Cinder, in my head. And so we were kind of laughing about it and, you know, saying, because that's what we like to do. And then Bree's like, yeah, isn't that that song by whomever? And did you say Cheap Trick first? No, I definitely would not have said <laughs> that. I probably said yeah, Cheap Vicky Trick. Yeah, Vicky said Cheap Trick. So then um, she started it on another thing. And to me, it sounded like The Lone Ranger, which it was not, but that's because that wasn't what she had in her head, but that's what I heard. So we had... A, we had a listener very graciously give his input. And I'll and, read it. And clarify. I'll read it. And he's our number one fan, so he's allowed to give us any kind of feedback he Because he's always honest. Yes. So he says, okay, to clarify on your behalf, 1135 into the podcast, my brain almost exploded. For the record, you three are singing slash referring to four different songs. One, Nina, 99 Luftballons. That was it. Two, Cheap Trick Surrender. Three, Elvis, Return to Sender. Four, Proclaimers, 5,000 Miles. And Lynn is, for some reason, talking about the Lone Ranger. (laughs) What? And then he gives us good feedback. You know, always in America, we follow up bad feedback or fun feedback with even better feedback. Love the podcast. Keep up the great work. P.S. Love the shout out to Frodo. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. Thanks, Jim. We appreciate it. Jim has our back, that's for sure. Um, And it's much, much appreciated. So, yeah, uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> we and we do really appreciate if you if you hear anything that's either not correct or in, inaccurate, um, whatever. We love the feedback. We are, we do not take any of this personally, and you know we we want to be right. Speak so. for yourself. I, I I do get a little personal. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, try to remain teachable, Vic. Oh God. Uh, uh, I'm the whipping boy. Okay, so so we have a first thought wrong for yes. the week. Da, 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 da. I win the ticket. Bree's got the ticket. So, I moved this week. Ugh. I moved. You moved. Like, five miles. <laughs> but Your residence. Moving, my residence. Yeah. Either way, moving is not fun. I've done it a lot, so I should be that? used to it. Who told you that? That moving is not fun. Yeah. I've experienced it. Yeah, this comes from personal too. experience. Yeah. I think some people probably don't mind it as much. Maybe they have better brains that are, like, better at organizing mm-hmm. and... I, I feel like maybe the more OCD you are, the better moving goes. I think, can I give my analogy? Yeah. I have an analogy about, Please. like, when you first get a new place and you start packing. Everything is perfectly in boxes, and it's organized. And labeled. And beautiful. <laughs> and then about the, like, for me, it's about the fourth or fifth box. I just start dumping drawers in, and I'm like. Wheels fall off. Enough of this <laughs> shit. I can't even handle it. Just put it in it. Yeah. Well, right, because Lynn and I packed kitchen stuff on Tuesday. Uh-huh. You and I packed clothes. clothes. Yeah. But then I had to keep clothes out because I still needed them for the rest of the uh, two weeks, the two weeks after we packed them. And then Lynn, I still needed a lot of my dishes. So there was, yeah, by, by the, 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 the last day before my move-in, I have kitchen stuff, clothes, bathroom stuff still, uh, rugs, curtains up, the bed, bed sheets, dog toys everywhere because the dog still has all of the dog stuff. Like, food is still in my fridge. And then my friend is on her way over to help me finish moving, and it's a cluster. Yeah. So it was stressful, and I had this great plan. I had this brilliant plan that on Saturday I would just have all of my gals from my tribe just show up after, you know, after like nine o'clock or something and we would everything would be packed Mm -hmm. so then everyone would just take a couple boxes and put those boxes in their car and then we would all caravan over to the new place and then everyone would only have to make one trip upstairs right and that was in my hand my head how it was gonna go and starting sometime after I think after you left last week Lynn I started getting in my head Mm -hmm. about oh this probably isn't gonna work and what happens when everyone shows up and I'm a mess and I'm controlling and people aren't doing things the way I want them to do and they're asking me all these questions that I don't know the answer to. Like, well, why did you pack this with this? And do you have an extra box for this? And and then maybe people would be moving stuff and I would lose track of where it was. Um, and so I started to have all control issues, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to control the situation and it was hard for me to let go and let other people help. So then Sunday, after podcasting last week, I did a big trip with Dave. We packed our cars, and we moved stuff. And then every single night this week, I did another, like, mini trip to the new place. So that by the time, you know, Friday night rolled around and everyone was asking me, hey, what time? Are we still on for tomorrow? I was like, no, no, I got it. I actually moved most of it already. I just totally took all of my my will back and was like, I'm doing this myself. Um, And it was a really stressful week because I decided I just wanted to do it myself. I lost a lot of sleep. I was very crabby and cranky and ornery. I took it out on the people I love the most. 
I was only half present for work and half present for um, other, you know, commitments in my life. And so then Saturday came and all I had to do was move my mattress and my remaining kitchen stuff and clothes. And um, that was hard, too, because then I was crabby and people still weren't doing things the right way. I only had instead of having, you know, seven or eight people show up, I only had my one friend uh, and her wife show up and. It, they they were great because they kind of evened me out, mellowed mm-hmm. me out. But then I was kind of snapping on Dave, and I was all crotchety and kitschy towards Dave. But my first thought wrong, obviously, was, you know, no one wants to help. I shouldn't bother them on their Saturdays. What if it ends up, you know, I promised them it would only take an hour. What if this doesn't go according to plan and it takes longer and then I'm taking these people hostage for half a day? Um, I should just do it myself. All my stuff's going to get lost. People aren't going to do it right. If they don't do it right, I might snap on them, and then they're going to think I'm a biatch. So, yeah. and I really didn't have a second thought right. <laughs> so, it's okay. unfortunately, it's okay. I couldn't stop, stop the process once it Well, here, here's started. what I'm going to say. Self-awareness in this moment is huge, and you, you took it in little bites because you didn't know how you would handle it, and I get that. Um, you certainly could have let a couple of other people in that wouldn't have judged you if you snapped on me. I mean, I certainly think of you as family, so mm-hmm. you're allowed to snap at me. Um, just saying. I'm sure I'll do it to you one day. <laughs> um, but but um, it's okay. It's okay. And you did it. You did it. That's all that matters. The results happened. And you got to be with your sponsor. And she helped you. And that is probably the most therapeutic yep. thing in the world. And her and... and they are very easy to do stuff with. Yes. They really have a good um, energy and vibe. So I think you were, Calling I think it happened presence. perfectly. Yes. And it's okay. It's okay. It's stressful and we snap when right. it's stressful yeah. and, and you're aware of it. And that's bravo. Bravo. I would say um, there's three um events in life that are probably the most stressful and one of them is moving and it doesn't matter how many you were saying earlier well I move so much but it doesn't matter how many times every time and this does have an extra component because you are moving in with your boyfriend and it's the first time you're living with a boyfriend so that that probably was a little bit of that subconscious stress as well and it was funny because when you were talking you said during the week I took my will back and did it yourself you know but you recognized it so it was growth. I mean, it was huge growth. So don't beat yourself up. And you're done. And you're done. Now you just got to unpack. unpack and, yeah. that's- and organize your beautiful new home. Yes. And moving definitely, just really quick, moving yeah. doesn't get easier over the years because mm-hmm. as you just collect more shit. Yep. Like the older you get, then you just have more shit. And you're like, why am I lugging this around? So I do have to thank you ladies very, very much yeah. for helping me purge some of the you got to have another person. I know. And my sister, God bless her, because she helped me through the worst, most traumatic, painful move I've ever done in my life when I moved out of the house where I'd been with the boyfriend for 13 years. And I was, oh, I can't even express to you how mean I was to her. It, It was awful. I mean, awful. And she kept, she just kept her shit together the whole time. And she made me get rid of so much stuff. And I was like, I mean, and I can sitting on the floor sobbing. And she's like, nope. 
gone. And, and, and we did it. We got through it. So it, it doesn't get easier, but you can't have humor after the fact. And, and I never thought I'd laugh about that. Well, and the people that love you love yeah. you anyways and yeah. understand that and, it's know, and know you enough to know what's going on. Yeah. And it's so funny because it just reminds me of my Grammy Pat. You know, yeah. she always says, don't get ugly, Vic. Don't get ugly. Like when that's a Bruin. And, and for some reason, that diffuses me. And it's probably because I just love her to pieces and right. she's my hero. But she's when she says it, and it's it's so much better than saying calm down mm-hmm. or don't do this. It's just like, don't get ugly. And it just works for me. And I, I like that too. Yeah. 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 That's really good. Mm-hmm. I, I remember saying ugly is as ugly does. <laughs> and that, it is a good little primer. So yay, you made it through. High five. Woo, woo, woo. High five. And I will say we are having one of my favorite topics. This is this is one of my favorite subjects in yay. the program. Um, something that I've really um, one thing that I was never a good student, but being teachable in the program is something that I've been an excellent student, um, mm-hmm. and so I'm I'm pretty proud of that. Yes. Um, but I, Lynn's going to go ahead and give us the definition, definition. of yes. the word. Because you know I love the definitions. Yeah. So developing a teachable attitude should be at the top of your self-development plan because everything else is directly related to how teachable you are. Um, how open you are to new information. You cannot grow if you're not willing to change, to accept new perspectives on life, or to change your habits. And I can tell you, um, I, and I hear this sometimes, and, and I always kind of get my hackles up a little bit. They're like, you know, you sound like you've been practicing this program a lot longer than what your your actual years say. And the only reason I can say that is because when I first started, someone told me that I had been given the uh, gift of desperation. And that's exactly what it was. And I was I was completely open because I was at the end. It's like I absolutely knew I couldn't live my life this way. And so I was open to my sponsor and to everything she said. And when I went to meetings, I listened with new ears. And so I, I didn't realize at the time what I was doing was learning how to be teachable to a new way of life. So maybe sometimes I may seem like I have more of this sobriety under my belt than I actually do. But I think it's truly just that I was able to be open to, um, to listen to my higher power, to believe and to trust. So that was that was the gift that keeps on giving. Keeps on giving. Keeps on giving. I like that. I like that the definition, because mm-hmm. as you were reading it, mm-hmm. it said changing perspective, be open to changing perspective, and then also changing habits. Yeah. And I am very good at changing perspectives you know, I have, it's like that first thought wrong, right? Like I'll say something to you gals and then you'll say something back to me. Well, maybe think about it like this. Or do you think, you know, they meant it like that? And I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. And that helps me. I can change my perspective. Mm-hmm. I remain open to that. Habits are a lot harder for me. Yeah. Habits are a lot harder. So I can, I can know what's best for me and a good habit to implement, but that discipline of practicing a habit, I, that's where I need to still remain teachable and it, right. it, it I want to I, I yeah. want to practice this new habit but I lack the discipline so I think I'm always open to new perspectives but habits are hard for me so that's that's fine that's okay yeah. you know that's why we go to meetings a lot that's why we tell people to call your sponsor every day remember I told you at the beginning mm-hmm. for me doing that was the biggest gift because 
when I called people when I wasn't in pain in the beginning, it got me practicing it so that when I was in pain, I was able to pick up that phone. And, um, and, and it is just practice. And every time you're aware and you think of it, you're going to get closer to doing it. They say it takes like 10 times of trying to quit smoking before you can quit smoking, right? right. And and I don't know what the statistics are. You know, it's always 21 days, 17, 53. I don't know what the right. statistics yeah. are of doing a habit. But I think in the program, what I've learned is I just do it one day at a time, and mm-hmm. that helps because... That's the only way I can handle it because when I think about doing it every single day, I get, no matter what it is, I get totally overwhelmed and paralyzed and I don't want to. Why do I have to do this for the rest of my life? I mean, that's where I go. So I don't know, staying the day and staying where I'm at is is really the the lesson right now. I think it's interesting how our brain (laughs) seems sometimes to be wired to hijack any good good thoughts or habits or, mm-hmm. or good practices in our life. And and that, I think that's just that constant balance. I call it the black dog and the white dog. Who you feed mm-hmm. is who's going to thrive. Mm-hmm. And practicing being teachable and being open and listening and um, – developing new habits is feeding your white dog you know it's feeding the the dog that you want to thrive and when she was talking I was just thinking about that I was like why does our brain always want to hijack us and it's everything from exercise food relationships sobriety I mean anything and and it's I don't I yeah I I would love for someone to explain that to me for the instant gratification (laughs) of pleasure yeah well exercising might not be fun right now Mm -hmm. you know it always takes a little bit to get going get your ass off the couch and start moving but it feels good later but we want to feel good now and right now it feels much better Mm -hmm. to indulge in Netflix and the instant drama and ice cream yeah and the comfort (laughs) that comes with that so I have to say something because this is come up in my meeting this morning and it comes up all the time and we always um, berate ourselves for Netflixing and and binging on Netflix and I want to say to everybody stop it because you know what you're relaxing you're watching something that you enjoy Mm -hmm. give yourself permission to spend some time enjoying it because otherwise when you're doing it you're not going to be enjoying it and you're going to have this internal fight yeah the oh i shouldn't be yeah i should be doing something else it's okay right. to, to binge and, on netflix and that's i think when i do beat myself up it's because i'm procrastinating about yeah. something else <laughs> yeah yeah well yeah. i mean and, and that's awareness but sometimes when i'm in those situations where i have so much to do mm-hmm. i'll do a little bit and then i'll rest mm-hmm. and that I give myself permission to rest, or my sponsor tells me to schedule in some time to rest, and then I can keep going. I think it was two weeks ago, someone had suggested the Outlander, or is that it, Outlander? Yeah, Outlander. Mm -hmm. For some reason, it sounded weird, uh, to watch it. So I started watching it on my computer in my bed, which I know you're not supposed to do, but um, just because of my living situation, it's kind of a quiet space. And I would watch one episode in the evening before I went to bed, and that was like my little guilty pleasure, and I did not feel bad at all. But that's different than like taking a whole day to binge on a series, because rarely do I have a day to do that. Well, right. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, a couple hours, three Mm -hmm. hours, four hours, I mean. There's no shame in that game. No. (laughs) There's no shame. You can do it. That's right. So, being teachable. um, How do we, how do we develop better habits and um, try to not listen to what our brain is trying to hijack? How do we do that? 
Well, first, I think you have to tell yourself, like, I'm not always right and mm-hmm. come to a place of acceptance with that. Right. I might not have all the answers. I found this quote, because, um, you know, the quotes are fun. The unteachable man is sentenced to being taught only by experience. The tragedy is he reaches nothing further than his own pain. Unteachable man? Yep. Oh, wow. The unteachable man. Well, and I can relate to that because when I was out there, uh-huh. I had all the warnings from my mom, from my dad, who had already lived it, right? They had all that pain of you know from their drinking years and their experience, and they cared so much about me, and they tried to impress upon me, like, hey, easy does it, mm-hmm. take a look at this. And I just, school of hard knocks is what my mom always said. Breezy got a PhD from the school of hard knocks. I had to not only learn a lesson once, but just try it again, Mm -hmm. learn it twice just to make sure I was wrong. Like experience had always been my teacher and it was painful. Yeah. It was very painful. I was not teachable and I wasn't going to hear it. You know, I was different. So I wasn't, Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to listen to your advice. Oh yeah. Because I'm different and I, I'm special. So the rules, those same rules don't apply to me. I'm going to find the workaround. <laughs> yeah, a workaround. And here I sit. <laughs> and here you are. It's funny. Um, I used to, when I was young, think about the quote that the older people always say, youth is wasted on the young. And I remember when I finally got that, I was like, yeah, it is. Because it's like the, the experience and the self-care and the self-actualization you don't get until you've gone through all that shit. And then you're old and you don't have very much time to experience, to experience that life of, you know, self-realization. So, yeah, youth is wasted on the young. Dang it. Well, and I, I will say that gift of desper- desperation you were talking mm-hmm. about was really a, a key for me to to be teachable. And I also think what what was wonderful was how they were in the rooms to allow me to be teachable. Yeah. You know, um, I think if they would have been different mm-hmm. and more overbearing, I don't know if I would have been teachable. But most of the time, and especially my sponsors, um, they have me figure it out on my own. They don't just tell me what to do. They don't give you the answer. Uh-huh. And... Yeah. Um, and and so therefore I want to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I get guidance, but no one's. I, I wanted someone to tell me: Should I get a divorce or shouldn't I get a divorce? That's not. They're never going to tell you that. Right. You need to decide. And yeah. there's no easy easy way through a problem or a situation or a scenario. It's just going through it. And one thing that I was talking to this gentleman about yesterday was about the whole piece of, you know, um, acting as if or being being in acceptance. When I was new in recovery and for many, many years into my recovery, I felt like I was, if I wasn't being acceptance of everything, mm-hmm. I was having a problem. Like I wasn't a good AA, you know, I wasn't good in the program. So he said that, where where is that prayer? The prayer says... Um, I don't know. I'm going to look it up. Maybe you guys Which can. prayer? The acceptance prayer. Okay. Yeah, do that. And while you're doing that, I'll read another quote because I like this one too. What I believe is that all clear-minded people should remain two things throughout their lifetimes, curious and teachable. And that's Roger Ebert. Mm. And I love that because if you're not curious, you're not going to ever ask the whys or the hows. Um, but if you are curious, then you're going to say, how do I do that? Or why is that important? 
And then from that, that's going to expand that whole thing of acceptance where you're going to have an open mind and um, be open to listening to new information. Um, and especially when you first, when you're a newcomer in the program, everything is so new, it's almost overwhelming, and you've got all of this new information. So it could be a little bit tough to be teachable because it's just too much. It's overwhelming. Right. But that's why they try to simplify it for mm -hmm. you in the beginning. Yeah. And give you just a couple things to do, you know, go to meetings, you yeah. know, to, and listen, mm -hmm. go to meetings and listen. Yeah. Yeah. One of my old timer quotes is keep your mouth shut and your ears open. Right. Yeah. And if you're not teachable, you're going to look for all the differences and you're going to figure out why you're the exception to the rule, just like I did. You're going to walk back out those doors and you're going to miss out on all of the beautiful gifts. Right that you could have. So if you're not teachable, right. you're also just going to miss out on a lot of things in life because you you're shut down to any opportunities or any experiences. Mm -hmm. Cuz you I mean, maybe you think you know everything or maybe it's probably like a deeper issue is fear, right? You oh, know, yeah. it is. because it's outside your comfort zone yeah. and it's new and it's different. It's out of your wheelhouse. And I was just thinking about this while you were talking. Um when you're a newcomer, you have so many walls up and so many defenses that you're not going to really be open to a whole lot. So in the beginning, just showing up is really all that's required of you. Right. Just show up. And if you do that, that'll probably help you not drink that day. And that's that one of those positive habits, you know, change uh -huh. of habit, small change of habit. Yeah. Just get to a meeting every yeah, day. Yeah, get to a meeting. So I found it. It's on page 417. And it says, and acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. So the difference there, which I, he gave me that knowledge yesterday, that it's the answer. The answer. It's not saying that you can't have problems. It's saying... You have these problems. You walk through them. You don't get to acceptance until you walk through them. Mm -hmm. But they are acceptance is the answer when you get there. And and that is is profoundly different for me because I always thought I was supposed to be in humility that like if I did the step three and step seven prayer and I got crotchety, I was wrong, I was bad. And it took me a long time to realize that like you I said like <laughs> that you take some time to get there and you have to work through that that gap between problem awareness of problem and being in acceptance no one is real it's not real to be in acceptance is what i'm trying to say it's not real like if I'm pretending uh -huh. that I'm in acceptance before gotcha. I go through it, yeah. then I'm not being real with myself and or my higher power right. or my program. I'm just forcing myself, like I did all the time drinking, to be someone that I'm not. Yep. Which is surrender. Surrender. It is surrender. Isn't it cool how it all kind of locks together? Well, we talked about positive habits, mm -hmm. self-care, and acceptance and, and surrender. surrender. And those are all titles of different episodes. Different episodes. And we just tied it all together with a pretty bow. Mm -hmm. And I almost jumped into like being willing because, you know, teachable and willing. And I was like, oh, that's got a real letter. That's next week. Next week is willingness. Yeah. yeah, we're excited about that one. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. We, we have a new adventure next week. Um, I think Vicki mentioned it was either last week or the week before that um, how much the hands of AA has helped us 
to become better at what we're doing here to help us kind of hone our craft. And someone reached out to Vicki and Bree, I believe, on one of their meetings that I don't attend. And um, they have graciously, I'm going to let Vicki explain it all because she's, well, she's the first hand Well, I want to surprise them, but, but yeah. we're going to have a surprise have, okay. next week. We'll, yeah. we'll tell you all about it. But it's, it's amazing how you have this community that really only wants the best for you. And yeah. that's, it, it, it's, for me, it's, it defines unconditional love. And when you go into a meeting and you're broken and you feel like there's no way out and you don't even know how to accept unconditional love, it just stay. you know, it's there. And it's, and it's like that parent that said, I'm going to love you no matter what. And when you're ready, it's here for you. Yeah, people in the program meet you where you're at. Mm-hmm. And, and it, the, the reason why I think it works for me with when I see someone there, right? When I'm, as a, I see a newcomer, I completely understand their feelings. Yeah. I feel, I've felt their feelings. And I know what it's like to be walking in for the first time with, to a group of strangers and just, I don't know what I'm doing and I don't even know how to do this and I don't even know why I'm here and I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I'm here. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking about honesty and how I am able to live such an honest life now. And when I say that, it has so many different layers. It really is peeling that onion that sometimes Vicki <laughs> hates to do. Peel that goddamn onion. But I'm honest with myself. You know, it's like with the fourth step, you you really do kind of tear your whole life apart, analyze it, figure out what your part was, why you're angry, resentful, hurt, all that kind of stuff. So that's one layer of the honesty. The second part for me of the honesty is that I can be with my tribe, my people, and not just the immediate tribe that I do social things with, but I can walk into a meeting anywhere in the world and know that I'm going to be met with honesty and I'm going to be able to be honest. And by doing that, it, it, when you have that type of freedom, it's, it's like it just lets everything become more easy and comfortable. And I'm going to give you an example. So Friday night we had this fun birthday party because there's a lot of us that are July birthdays. And my sister was in town, and I was so excited to have her meet all my people because she lives in Kentucky. She was driving that day, and it was a long drive. It was terrible traffic. And I knew she was going to be tired, and she was being very gracious. And I knew she's an introvert, self-admitted introvert, but she can do what she needs to do when she has to. And she knew how important it was for me for her to meet these people that I love so much. So she came, and I, and it, we had been here a couple, you know, several hours and having a blast. Everybody was just laughing and hanging out. And I, and I saw her, and I'm like, we've got a long day tomorrow, and I want to have a little bit of time with her this evening because we don't see each other much these days. So I said, let's make our, our goodbyes. So we did, and everybody got up and hugged, and, you know, it was a love fest. And we got in the car, and she said, nobody guilted you out. And I'm like, no, of course not. And that's when it hit me about the honesty. It's like they understand. They understand that I'm giving my time where I can, and this is what I need to do because it's important to me, and there was no judgment. And that was such a light bulb for me, guys, that, to have an outsider go. No, and she said if it had been my friends, they would have been like, you're leaving already, you know, because they're in their world and their needs. Yeah. I mean, you guys let me off the hook about 100 times just this week yeah. alone. Like yesterday, I was starving when we were leaving the hospital, and, every, and nobody was like, "Oh, you know, of course, Bree's the first one," you know. But in my head, I'm thinking, "Oh, I'm an asshole for being the first one getting up. Like, I gotta get going. I gotta go home." Nobody, nobody thought that. 
you know, everyone's like, oh, go eat, bye, you know, yeah, love Yeah, about taking care of ourselves. Yeah. And since we're all trying to do it, we can give each other a pass. Right. And not put pressure on each other because yes. we have enough of that. Yes. There's enough pressure. We don't need any more. So I got a whole new appreciation yeah, for the world that I live cool. in. Yeah, that's cool. You know what I was just thinking, too? And this is kind of random coming off of what we just talked about. Riffin'. Why is it so important to be teachable with our disease? And I'm thinking because it's not like diabetes where, okay, you learn to do the insulin, and then if you manage your insulin, you're, you're good to go. Or um, you break your leg and you do physical therapy. I mean, do you know what I'm saying? Like why it's so important to be teachable is because this is, we don't have a magic pill that's going to not make us want to drink or make us be able to drink normal. So our solution is in the the lessons, right? And it's our that mind that makes us sick, and it's mm-hmm. our fir- it's our obsessive mind, mm-hmm. and the you know the that, black dog. Well, that it's makes staying open minded to be teachable. It's staying open minded because I mean, what I'm nine years sober, and that, and I've heard that prayer for how many years. And I just now realized that it was saying something different. It wasn't saying that you have to be in acceptance all the time. For nine years, I thought it was saying you have to be in acceptance all the time. So we have to be open. And sometimes we aren't, like, certain things come at us when we're ready, right? Mm -hmm. Like, when we're not ready. And I don't know. I think at meetings, I'm always fascinated by learning from newcomers. I learn from newcomers just as much as I learn from old-timers. And I think... Why do we have? I don't know why we have to, but I know that I have to. I know that being teachable is probably the the number one thing that I need to be to stay sober. I, I really do think. Well, gra- gratitude and and teachable, because I have to hear what I need to hear from well, everyone. The the lessons that we're learning have to relate to how we manage our mind and our lives and our time, and if we're not open to hearing those lessons and and implementing it in our life, it's only a matter of time before the same thoughts and nasty feelings come back and we let them overpower our life and we go back to drinking or using. Yeah. Like, that's why I think it's so important. Like, it's not just to become wise and, ooh, you know, spit it back out. It's like, I have a very real disease that has no cure and... If I, you know, let off the gas a little bit or if I am so close-minded about what I think I know and I think I know everything, I mean, that's an ego trip and that's, oh, I mean. Absolutely. That's taking your will back. God will humble it's my ass. It's taking your will back. Um, we talk about practicing these principles in all of our affairs. And I can tell you I had um, a couple of different things happen at work, Practice. you know, because I've done catering for, you may not know, I'm assuming you know, I've done catering on and off for a year, like 20 years. So I think I'm pretty much the expert in the field. Well, the place where I work now, it's a different setting, it's different expectations, it's all these different things. So I kind of went in like a bull in a china shop going, it's going to be this way because this is the way it needs to be. And I had to take a step back and listen listen to my director and what she was, what she had expected or had envisioned and really reel all of my stuff back in and listen to her and we were talking not too long ago and she said thank you so much for being open to uh doing things differently and trust me I was not in the beginning because I'm like well I know how to do this why are they even questioning me because I'm the one with the experience I'm the one that knows and when she said that I said I'm here to learn and and I meant that and I'm here on this earth to learn that's such a huge huge sign of humility Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And it wasn't, I couldn't do it six months ago. This was just in the last couple of weeks that I was able to do it. It's awesome. Yeah. So what are your golden nuggets, people? What are the golden nuggets? I think for me, it was Vicki when she said, acceptance is the answer. You know, we are not in acceptance all the time. But when we are struggling and we're ready, then it will be the answer. Acceptance will be the answer that we need to get past whatever hurdle it is that's presenting itself to us. That's definitely my golden nugget. Mine is um, why it's so important to stay teachable, to yeah. stay teachable. And, and because if I don't, then I'm, then I'm all in Vicky land, and it's not <laughs> usually... Yeah, sometimes it's fun. It's not a a joy ride? Well, sometimes it is, but when it's always Vicky's will, no, no, no. Not pretty. Well, I think think my golden nugget was the realization I had, which might have been what we were talking about anyways. But when I was thinking about the topic teachable, Mm -hmm. I was thinking about it in relation to, like, newly sober and just... Very, I, I was very one-tracked myself on it, you know, not very yeah. teachable. And then I was like, oh, teachable. Like, this is the only defense we have against our disease. Yeah. So yeah. if we're not constantly open to receiving new information or new advice on how to handle life or we revert back to old thoughts, you know, yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is it. This is the pill we take is... The teachable and the willing pill. Mm-hmm. Being the being the student, and I, I've had many people tell me, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. It's true. Yes. It's happened. So it is true. Life. Yeah. You know, and, and it's H O W, honest, open, and willing, right? And that's what they told me at the beginning, and I always had that going through my head. But how do I do it? <laughs> I just but got, how do I? I just got that. Yeah. <laughs> She's still learning. I love it. Well, thank you, everybody. We're so excited to have another one in the books. Yep. Tribe out. Have a great week and tribe out. Tribe out. We here at Telling On Ourselves, thank you so much for listening. Please, if you like what you heard, rate, review, subscribe, all those things. We're on social media all over the place, at Telling On Ourselves. Can't wait to hear. Bye-bye.